Welcome to the Trying to Be Better podcast with Joel and Steve. Recording in progress. I did do a courtesy check. I think we're good. Everybody's okay? Uh, Well, I mean... We have a guest. I don't want to unpack all my shit, but yeah, I think I'm okay. <laughs> Joel's easy on Sunday. He's comfortable on Sunday morning. I'm moderately comfortable like Sunday morning. <laughs> With a touch of anxiety on the side. Well, that's the coffee. I've realized to see that clearly, I need to see the fucking co- the chemicals I'm putting in my body and be like, well, you know, well, let's, 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 call it, let's call it what it is. Is it panic or is, did you have three cups of coffee today? Joel never has an extra cup of coffee at home. A <laughs> <laughs> full disclosure, I'm running on like four hours of interrupted sleep. So I'm nice. I'm like ready to go. I'm not sure yeah, where, are. but I've had the coffees. And um, yeah, so just anything could happen. Just fair well, warning. You've had a lot of excitement lately. I've had some excitement, yeah. Mm-hmm. Plus, yeah. I had leg cramps in the night. Ooh! Yeah, I know. Super exciting, sexy stuff. That is sexy. Super Welcome to the Middle Age Podcast with Joel and Steve, <laughs> where we talk right. about our chronic pain. That's 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 real, man. For like two, I literally after like an hour plus of this, I finally got up and I went and stretched at like three thirty this morning. And that went. How did that, did that help? Well, it was awful, but it did allow me to go back to sleep. It's not Daily. what I wanted to be doing at three thirty in the morning. Yoga with Adrian every day, dude. Do it. Oh, she's so great. I love Adrian. Yeah. Her, she's awesome. Yep. Super and helpful. Like for fun and for free, you know. Yeah. 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 She's got like these 30 day yoga things you can do. And you yep. just, you know. Oh, I'm well acquainted with Adrian. We're like this. I'm making the, we're tight. Me and Adrian. That's a weird hand gesture to make, Steve. It was, it was like, you know, the, like we're close. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. Not that one, dude. Joel's making obscene hand gestures. <laughs> not what I meant. Whatever. Welcome to the Trying to Be Better with Joel and Steve podcast. It's Sunday morning. Yeah, it is. Um, <laughs> yeah, it sure is. Uh, we have a special guest, but we before do. we get to that guest, <laughs> do we have anything else to discuss? What, I don't uh, know. Follow, follow us on Instagram at Trying to Be Better podcast. Yeah, email at ttbbpodcast at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. We really would. I have... Um, I've been calling my my social medias, and it's been fun to like I, weed, I separate the wheat from the, the chaff. I uninstalled all the apps from my phone again. I deleted Facebook, or what should I mean? say Meta? Me- meta, not fuck, Meta. Fuck meta. All of that. <laughs> I just. Oh, it's like it's like Philip Morris rebranding to like you Altria. Know, yeah, fun sticks. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> like. <laughs> We you yeah, it's so great. It's, it's so great. great. It's great. Yeah, thank you, Mark Zuckerberg. Today's podcast <laughs> is brought to you by Mark Zuckerberg and his uh, digital innards. <laughs> in his benevolence, he is in going concern, to... in his concern for a better society. Yeah, thanks, Mark. We really appreciate it. Right, we really appreciate it. All uh, that you do. Yeah. What else? What do you? Oh, so I was going to say, Jack and I went out and saw the dead a couple weeks ago. Yeah, you did. And so I don't want to get too dead weird, but there's this moment where uh, these two guys were sitting next to me and uh, they were kind of fine. You know, whatever. They're just regular looking dudes, you know? Yeah. 
whatever, not there's a stereotypical deadhead, but you know, like, oh, we're all cool, you know. On the spectrum of deadhead, they were like, you know, six or seven. They were in there, you know. Yeah. Gotcha. So anyway, uh, it, 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 the, the show was pretty straightforward. First set, rock and roll, whatever, some songs, you know, and the second set got, you know, kind of longer songs or whatever. I'm trying to be gen- general for people that don't care about any of this, but mm-hmm. the second the music took a turn for the weird. Yeah. One guy turned to the other one and said, what the fuck is this? <laughs> like, just like that. Like, what the fuck? And I was like, I'm not sure what just happened. Is this part of the acid test? I don't yeah, know. It was, right. it was so weird. Like, have you not listened to the Grateful Dead ever? And apparently what did not you- because it was just like he was like personally insulted that it turned dissonant. Yeah, the, the, these these John Mayer songs are getting weird. <laughs> kind of. I mean, it was that's almost what it felt like, but just the level of like straight up, like immediate, like animosity. Yeah. Like his experience was what the fuck is this? Well, you know, <laughs> to be compassionate towards that individual, the, it can get scary and nerve wracking. Yeah. But and that is not always like, welcome. It wasn't like they, they were 12 minutes into a 37 minute playing in the band jam. It right. Was literally like the tone changed and immediately. So he was, to his credit, he was paying attention. There you go. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. Like, he, like, as soon as it went weird, he, you know. Nice. Was, well, he, like, his, his, like, his level of, like, indignant. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? That like, just speaks to the whole idea that the dead can, and that music can tap into the, almost the, the amygdala lizard brain reaction to shit. Right. 100%. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Digs in deep, man. So Dig anyway, it. speaking of the Grateful Dead, uh, we have a guest today. Yeah, we do. <laughs> Jack. Um, our guest today is uh, our friend Jack Van Cleve. Say hi, Jack. Hi, Jack. Or, hi, hi, Jack. Hi, everybody. <laughs> um, I have known Jack since, well, you said last night or Friday, like 98. Is that right? I was thinking 97. It was spring of 98. I was it really? Okay, that, I guess that tracks. Upstairs. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I had. That's right. I knew that. I, I knew that you guys had a history. I did not know that it went back that far. Oh yeah, because uh, right, because our friend uh, Chad had lived in the apartment that Jack moved into okay. for a little while. So that's and I don't know if you know Chad or not, Joel. Anyway, whatever. I think I do. <laughs> um, so uh, I'll say deadhead Chad. Yep. Um, so anyway, um, yeah, and then Jack and who was? Were you married at that time? I think you may have been. Not till that fall. Not till that fall, but you were soon to be married because you and your soon-to-be wife at the time were newly pregnant. Yep. Yep. So young parents, and uh, I was uh, probably a year and a half clean, sober. Uh, yeah, it would have been about that time. And uh, you, and I was like trying to do the thing, and you were white knuckling. <laughs> <laughs> Very much so. Very Holding much on so, for yeah. dear life. But yeah. you. I don't know. Like, I think you said something about T-shirts the other night. I think uh, what I remember, my perception is I remember hearing the album version of Throwing Stones being blasted from your apartment. Oh, okay. And I thought, okay, this is decent because, you know, <laughs> who are our new neighbors, you know? Like, yeah. well, that's a good place to start. Yeah. You know? That would have been off the Arista Years Grateful Dead CD that I was that I played a lot at the time. Gotcha. Sure. But I remember carrying something up the driveway, and I was wearing my... Grateful Dead Hour t-shirt that I wish I still had. Right. And you came walking up and said, hey, nice shirt. (laughs) I can see that happening. And Mm. that started my rule of 
anytime I move, I wear a Grateful Dead t-shirt. Well, you might as well just throw it right out there. Just so the neighbors know what's up. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> they know what they're getting into. Right. Yep. right. Yep. That's right. And so that they know what's up on a right. larger scale. And also I wear it one every day anyway. So, you know, <laughs> so it, it could, it stands to reason that if you were moving, you probably would be wearing a Grateful Dead yeah, t-shirt. Pretty much. So, yeah. So we, I mean, we talked the thing, but we never really hung out. I don't think much, a little a bit. Little bit. I, I came up and hung out like on your couch and you put on some music on the stereo and played it real loud a few times. Yeah. We did a lot of that in that house. We this sat on the this... porch a few times and you and Dylan and I went to Omaha for that art thing. Oh, that's right. You know, I still have a postcard about that. Yeah. Like it's right on my desk someplace. Yeah. yeah we went cool. and saw, what was that? It was old. It was concert posters from back yeah. in the day. Yeah. Down in oh, the wow. old market in Omaha yep. at some art gallery. We you know, ate like, at the like old real, Spaghetti Works. What's that? We ate dinner at the Spaghetti Works up there. Hell yeah. Yeah. yeah we did. Um, yeah. All you can eat, baby. Um, <sighs> hot. What is it? The Hot Naked? Hot anyway, Naked. Hot Naked. Hot naked. Yep. I just got, I just like, I just had real olfactory memories of the beer cheese. Their uh-huh. beer cheese. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's good. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, they were like, um, Correct me if I'm wrong, Jack, but they were like original, like San Francisco. Yeah, it wasn't, wasn't reprints or anything. They were, yeah, it's like the real deal, like the can you pass oh. the acid test ones and with all the, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was really. Where, where was that exhibit at? It was in Omaha, it, Old Market someplace. I don't remember. Some, I'll some brick building. The postcard because, yeah, it was great. I kind of <laughs> forgot about brick that. Building. Yeah, it was a I don't know. Building. I was in some brick building. I don't know. Yeah, that was right. I forgot all about that. That's cool. Yeah. Well, so so we hung out, and yeah, because we lived, it was on Twenty uh, Fifth and S in this old house that had been carved into a triplex, and had this awesome front porch. Um, those those were kind of cool apartments. Ours sucked because it was on the upper level, and the, there was like two little old window air conditioners, so it was always one hundred and four degrees in there. Um, but yeah. um, whatever, it was you know fit the bill at the time. Yeah. Uh, but then, so yeah, yeah, we didn't see each other after that for a number of years five six years seven years something yeah like and so that was when you were kind of skulking around <laughs> kind of trying to sort of not well that was a, how would you it, describe how would you describe that time yeah it was a better attempt at being sober than my first one but sure that's still legit. pretty half-assed yeah and half yeah. happy Oh, I remember seeing you a couple less times. Less than half happy. And you <laughs> did not look happy. And you were in a crew that I was like, yeah, that's not my scene. Yeah, so we just, it was, it was real... weird how like we didn't connect. Yeah. But we saw each other and chatted. Yeah. I was like, whatever. Yeah. There, but but yeah. it's like we, but we didn't like start hanging out or anything. Yeah. I wonder exactly. if I was, I was probably new, newly married around that time, which may have had something to do with it. Right in there. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. So but, early 2000s. Yeah. 2004, 2005. That's it. Because okay. I had started around that. Holly and I started seeing each other in uh, late 2003, October ish, right about now, actually. Um, so yeah. So that, that explains that. Yeah. Um, I was, you know, I, w- I was enamored. Yeah. You were Twitter pated. I was Twitter pated. That's 100% <laughs> yeah. correct, yep. actually. Yep. Um, and uh-huh. I was in LA. I think you were in LA. like oh four, oh five, and then I was back for a minute, and then went back to LA. So, <laughs> meet a our West paths LA. wouldn't. Have... Hmm? Meet a West LA Joel. Already know what we need to know. <laughs> Dude. 
That's a tale and, of two cities, though, for me, man. Like the first time was the best of times, or the worst of times. The second time was the best of times. Yeah, so. that's legit. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you think, what Jack? What do you think of Steve when you first met him? When I first met him, like when I first met him, or as you got to know him, I guess. Oh, I should well, say. because there's there's a tale of three Steves there, probably. <laughs> yeah, but pretty much it's always been the same. You know, I mean, he's cool. He's kind of always on edge. A little bit. Uh, he's little bit crazy when he wants to be and he's a good resource for a lot of different things that's real that's you true well, I mean, that's yeah. nice yeah he's always been really yeah. crazy when he wants to be really kind and helpful when he wants to be exactly yeah, yeah. I, I like to think that the dials moved more towards the kind and helpful because the crazy back then was a little less under my control yeah <laughs> you know live wire i think the words live wire are applicable i can live with that <laughs> I can live with that. That's applicable. Well, yeah. And like, so, so then you, cause I want to get to like, um, my perception of Jack just cause I think it's flattering and interesting, but, uh, cause then you didn't stay sober for a while that not for a while. <laughs> right. And then you came back, you called me. When was that? Has it been seven years? 2014. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. And I'll, I'll say that that was a good day for me. I was very glad to hear from you. Mm. Um, all, just because it's always nice to, you know, be able to help, but also, you know, my friend. So it's cool, you know? Yeah. And that's not to belabor the point, but I do want to, um, I guess, acknowledge, like, for those of you listening who may or may not be interested in recovery or any of that kind of stuff, but um, uh, we are fortunate enough if the stars align and if people do the work to watch people recover from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body that is often yeah. miraculous. And what I can say about Jack is that um, you're one of those guys. Mm. Like you're still the same funny person that I knew back in 97 or whatever, but you're a completely different person. Mm. Your attitude and outlook upon life is 180 degrees of what it was. In fact, I think the Jack in 97 probably would have made fact fun of Jack today. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. You know what I'm saying? Uh -huh. Fuck that guy. Fuck that know. guy. No way that happiness is genuine. Because, well, because you're like doing things. Jack, you own a computer. Oh, yeah. And you know how to use it. <laughs> right. Like in 97, you were anti-computers. Fuck those things. I was. Yeah. <laughs> like, seriously. Like, that's how you were just anti-everything that wasn't well, Jack getting loaded, basically. Yeah, I made up a lot of rules because of my fear of trying new things, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but that's real, man. That pretty much sums it all up. That yeah, is great. That's... It's like, I don't like this, so that's a rule now. <laughs> well, yeah. My, I have... my, a guy I used to work with said, there's a lot of rules to be in Jack. <laughs> and I, yeah. What were some of those rules? Like, what were some of those rules that were rules at the time that have now oh, just, away? You know, like when I'm driving a truck, no riders for any reason. Okay. You know, things like that. Mm -hmm. uh, fuck, I don't, I, I don't know. Just, I like that. Just like uh, making a rule to justify uh, your own isolation or, you know, like. <laughs> or my own, whatever, whatever, yeah. fear, anxiety, discomfort. Yeah. You know, that's a rule. That's, that's a, a rule now. now. And then I, and then I, I'm, I stick with it because I'm uh, stubborn like that. Yeah. 
so then I'm like, why do I have these stupid fucking rules? <laughs> I got to deal with this, but like, I got to like, keep dealing no, with it. I didn't it's come like, here for rules, man, except for all of the thousands of them that I created. Except for mine. <laughs> yes. And now it's, I got to obey these rules too. This is bullshit. Emotionally like, painting yourself into a corner. Okay. I, and then being resentful about being painted in the corner. Yeah. I have this thing where one day at some point I was talking to somebody about <laughs> microwaves and I said, and like, I just made up a thing. Yeah. When I start the microwave, I never put it on a multiple of five or zero. So like and 37 seconds. So that became a rule. And still today I'll put something <laughs> in. I'm like, fuck, I got to do this. Okay. <laughs> 34 seconds. Because, because because that guy may be spying on you from afar like ah he said he never did that so it's just the way it goes i don't know <laughs> have you ever looked into being the potential of maybe being a little ocd i mean you know i'm just a regular guy sure, clearly <laughs> i'm just a regular guy with some rules <laughs> i just got some standards that's yeah. right. There's standards that, yeah. that other none people them, are not living up to. Well, none of them are important in any way. <laughs> <laughs> they have no consequence no. on the world. But <laughs> so anyway, that's for those of you anyway. who don't know Jack or whatever, uh, who he's a new person. This is how this goes usually. But well, I, thank I, you, the Steve. Reason that was nice. We, we, did, we brought Jack here to toot his hooter a little bit, but we also... Yeah. But we also Jack has Jack is uh, Eduardo Busan that was on last week. Thank you, uh, Eduardo, for being on and uh, yep. for listening. Uh, Jack, like Jack and Eduardo, I think are two our first two regular listeners. Yes, that and, and Jack, yeah. I think Jack mostly listens just so that he can argue with us. <laughs> you know, I want the public to know. I want our listeners to know that Jack's responses to our whatever the shit we say on this podcast is is prompt and pointed uh-huh. and uh and it's like oh my god he just listened it's like it was that was the most it's like probably when you're a band and you hear your song on the radio for the first time when you get somebody texting you about something you just recorded yeah. it's like oh wow somebody actually listened somebody to that listened well but, it just shows i think jack uh, has a lot of windshield time and just shows how desperate he is for entertainment there you well, go i li- i listen to a lot of podcasts i for work i'm driving at least 20 hours a week. Wow. So, you know, I'm listening to podcasts and this one is weird for me, especially like when it first started, because you're two guys that I talk to all the time. Right. We're on text, right. We text with each other all the time. Yeah. So then I listen to you on a podcast and the whole time I'm going, I want to respond to that. I want to <laughs> reply. I need right. to jump in there with a joke or something, you know? <laughs> so then it's over and I'm like, or even sometimes while I'm listening to it, I'm texting you guys like, yeah, that was a funny thing. That was, here's what I would have said or, <laughs> you know, whatever. Well, I think so the best thing takes I... those things. Here's the thing with the grievances though. I do that. Steve takes that and turns around and goes, Jack has a problem with us. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not necessarily bothered by it. It's kind of entertaining, but you know, but you were, you were talking about my list of grievances and yeah. I don't I want a list. Grievances. I think, you know, this thing, it's an awesome podcast. I look forward to listening yeah, to it. And well, it keeps I think me the entertained. Thing, the best thing that you've ever sent us is your t-shirt idea, which is the, the logo on the front on the back that just says, I'm only here for the outro music. I'm just here for the outro music. 
But I love that you may have made a rule that you have to listen to us yammer on for an hour before you get to the outro music. So thanks for, you know, well, yeah, yeah. suffering through until you get well, to the outro. The truth of the matter is it's all one track and it's never the same length. So you really kind of have to. I mean, you could fast forward until you found yourself somewhere in the music and then yeah. back up till it started. But that's a lot of work. No, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> oh, that's nice. So if you could... If you did have some grievance, not grievances, but, and, and this is not about asking for praise. I will do that later. But, uh, what is, what are some response? Like what, what if, I don't know, what would you say if you could have some semblance of response reflection on our podcast, Jack, what would it be? Well, the outro music was my idea in the first place. That's true. You're right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I was listening to it and it would just end and I'd be like, you got to have some outro music, especially because <laughs> you're talking about music right towards the end. That has expanded and evolved over the last year. So yeah. I mentioned that to Steve and he was like, oh yeah, I'll do that. So, you yeah. know, like, I don't know if there's anything like that, that I haven't already brought up to you. That's true. Yeah. You know, right. But, I mean, overall it's, I love it. You know, I mean, it's the kind of format that I usually go for in a podcast, just mm. two guys talking to each other with mm -hmm. maybe a topic or maybe the topic evolves in there somewhere and then interesting guests once in a while you know like that to me has been what's kept this interesting for me is that we never really i mean sometimes we'll, well it's a lot like some of the music we like which is that we might have something resembling a theme that we initially start talking about mm -hmm. but usually for me the gold or the thing that's actually interesting or the the one that makes the thing that i'll be if i'm listening to the playback i think Ah, oh, fuck, that was great. You know, or that was mm. genuinely moving. There's something completely unrelated and completely unexpected. You know, yeah. it's like, yeah. you kind of, and, and, and if taken as a sound bite or out of context, wouldn't be. You know what I'm saying? Like, I yeah. guess that kind of has to be part of the flow. Yeah. And that's so I, I enjoy that about, um, when it's just Joel and I and when we have guests on because it just gets, you know, sometimes it takes, and that's the thing that I've really appreciated about. Well, Jack and Joel, you guys both turned me on to Mark Maron kind of simultaneously. Oh, really? really? Yeah, I think it both. I, well, because Joel, you and I went and saw whatever. We were in Denver and we listened to Thinky Pain coming home. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then I started listening to WTF. And that was around the time Jack and I started hanging out again. And, and I mentioned, like, I listened to this WTF. You're like, oh, yeah, Mark Maron. <laughs> listen to him all the time. Yeah. yeah. And, but anyway, he's really the guy that kind of that the concept of i mean it's a long form interview format but he does that because it's kind of a lost <clears throat> art yeah you know and that to really get to the actual point or to have some nuance or to, uh, a little bit a more depth to the conversation it takes time mm -hmm. and it may mm -hmm. not you're not going to get it out of a talking head two minute thing that's designed to spoon feed a you know a, a a public that's just looking for something else to be angry about you know <laughs> yeah. there's plenty yeah. of that out there there's too. plenty of that out there yeah right. we're afraid of of too um that's so uh that's something that i've been digging too is the the some podcasts of some comedians that i outside of the marin sort marin's got a he's got a real yeah. talent for it but like Johnny Pemberton and Duncan Trussell have podcasts too now and they let it be messy. And that's one thing when I'm listening, I'm like, if I ever get balled up or weirded out or like, Oh my gosh, somebody is going to air actual grievances with the, 
the integrity or the professionalism of our conversations. Like, bring it, bring it. I listen to like like Duncan Trussell and Johnny Pemberton have a new one together called oh, the the Leather Rose. <laughs> um, Stop it. Yeah, no, Stop it's it. it. Yeah, it's good, and like it's just a total mess. And like I, I, you know, so it's like that. That is the beauty of it. So I'm glad, Jack, that you you dig the mess, man. Yeah. Well, and then at first when you guys, I think even from the first episode, you guys started talking about who you wanted to be guests Mm -hmm. and Steve would throw my name out every once in a while. We got to get Jack on here. You got to get Jack on here. And I'm listening to all the guests you have. And I'm like, I don't, I don't have any expertise. I'm not, you know, like what would I even talk about? You know, know, I know a lot of, I know a little bit about a lot of things, but you know, well, Jack, Jack of all trades, master of puns. <laughs> right. Well, and that's why we have you on. <laughs> there you go. Well, that's the thing, dude, is, and I, I think we should kind of get into it, is that uh, one thing that I, whether whether people that have like sparkly careers that are, that, that are interesting right now or not, that's the cool thing is that people, people in your sphere, if you're out there listening, people in your sphere have interesting things to say and, and are doing and have an interesting perspective on the world and to discount them because they're not, I don't know, popular or whatever, like, or not, it, it's not, not that I'm putting you in that, but you know what I mean? It's like, everybody has interesting people in their lives. Get to know them, you know, like mm-hmm. what makes Jack tick? Like where, I don't even know this story. Like, where are you from? Where am I from? Yeah, like, like where did you grow up? I heard this Friday. I'm checking out. Lincoln. Talking. Was, <laughs> bye, bye, Steve. <laughs> I was born in North Platte, Nebraska, and then Ooh. when when I was three, we moved to Lincoln. So I've lived in Lincoln all my life. Oh no, shit! I didn't. I thought maybe you were from out of Nebraska. I don't know why. I wonder where you thought I was from. Like, like I, I don't. I I feel like if I was going to look know. at you at the screenshot, I'd say. If like, you say Ohio, I'm fucking out of here. No, yeah, no. <laughs> I almost did. No, I was, I was like, thinking like, I was Indiana, thinking like, I was thinking Ohio, like North Carolina for some North reason. North Carolina. Yeah. West Virginia. Carolina no. Jack. No, no. Nebraska, born and raised. <laughs> I, I think the thing that's been most interesting for me over the last year is meeting your parents, actually. Hmm. Oh, yeah. Your parents are just a trip. They're delightful. You had met them here and there before, but you actually spent a little time with yeah, them. Yeah, just talking. Not a lot, but a little bit here and there. Because Jack's parents are what you would, I uh, guess you could you, you just call them hippies. Pretty oh, much. Nice. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. But like your dad's trade was, do, correct me if I'm wrong, I want to see if I get this right. He spent a lot of, like a, most of his working years making like gold, like dental work. Gold crowns. And- gold wow. crowns. Yeah, That's he was a did. craftsman doing that for a long time. Yeah, so we with his little uh, uh, what do you call that magnifying lens headband thing? And oh yeah, grinders and yep. So they were they were hippies in a way, and I would consider you as a total fucking hippie. Well, but Jack, like Jack's the, that's the thing is like Jack's dad's like rec room or rumpus room or whatever has like album covers on like Blues for Alla. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. You know Emerson, Lake, and Palmer, and like those. I think it's ELP, but like you oh, know yeah. the really far out. Yeah, I mean Hendrix. Like, it's, it's, Hendrix is his thing, but Hendrix, uh, okay. But like, so like the like, like that's a thing. It's still a thing. 
And it's yeah. like, I'm like, I know this room, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, did you did you rebel against that? Did they turn you on to cool shit when you were a kid? Because yeah, it sounds I mean, like they didn't. It sounds like you have a you have a wide understanding of that sort of shit, but you didn't you didn't reject it. You accepted it. Oh yeah, I definitely accepted it. Um, it's just what was around when I grew up. You know, like that's the music we played. When I I remember being looking through the uh, they'd let me pick out an eight track to put in. You know, nice. when I was real little. And like Super Tramp Breakfast in America was one of my favorites. Oh, yeah. But um, the Grateful Dead Terrapin Station, hmm. that was one I would always throw on. Wow. Um, you know, and I was probably picking them based on the album covers at the time. Right. It's just what was around. And then when I was in sixth, seventh, eighth grade, I got real into gangster rap. Yes. And Natural I guess that was my rebellion because, you know, I remember. That was my. my- that was my rebellion too. And I remember that was like, I was, I heard somebody talk about it cause punk was long dead really since at that point. But in the late, in the, in the, you know, early nineties, mid nineties, the most punk thing you could do is blast like NWA or ice yeah. T and, and that yeah. pissed my dad right off. And uh-huh. if my dad listened to this, I know you remember that dad, it pissed him off. And it was like, mission oh, accomplished, mission accomplished. Well, but the thing with my parents, it didn't piss them off. Because they understood, nice. you know. I this mean, was, they this, was, like, this was Jack. They didn't want to listen to it, but they understood. And yeah, I remember one time my dad saying, "Like, Grandma and Grandpa are coming over. You have to take down that picture of the the black guy with a gun that says kill it will.' Because <laughs> I had that poster, the Ice Cube yeah. poster on my wall, and I was yeah. like, "I'm not going to take that down." And my dad's right. like, "Whatever, fine, fine, just shut the door." <laughs> um, but then you know, like I got into ninth grade around then. And uh, started seeing, like, the kids wearing the Grateful Dead t-shirts at school. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I know that. Like, I, I listen to that stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, hanging out with them. And they were into the music that I'd always listened to. And I was mm-hmm. like, all right, these are my friends, you know. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of how that happened. But my dad and I still, like, every time we see each other, we bring each other. We trade the same albums back and forth, you know. <laughs> that's cool. What are some of his staples then? Well, Hendrix, he's a real big Hendrix oh, yeah. guy. Um, Jethro Tull. Nice. Uh, you know, all the Crosby, Crosby Stills, Nash & Young. Mm-hmm. Um, Cream. Mm. You know, I mean, you know, all that early 70s, 70, 71, 72, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. rock and roll. Um that uh spirit album that yeah i always talk about the 12 dreams of dr sardonicus yeah that's that was one that i always remembered that was in the rotation i've never listened to that i'll have to correct that i really i was given a spirit record recently and i would put it on and i'm like who the fuck are these like i had no oh yeah no idea where they were they hippies, but they were, like, thing? they were L.A. like freaks LA. more uh, than hippies. Got it. Yeah. Got it. You know, so plastic fantastic. Well, but not exactly. I don't know. They're just weird. They're, They're not weird. really like anything else. All right. Yeah. But that album came out in like 71, I think. Hmm. Okay. So here's the thing. Do you guys ever listen to Big Star? Have you listened no. to those two albums or whatever? Uh, nope. I have. And I'm real excited about it. It's fine. Okay. Because, you know, yeah. on 
on the, the like now playing things on it, like B, the big star seems to have this rabid cult following the things that they were the greatest thing that almost was yep and i it, and i and i started to listen to one of the records and i'm like i guess this is okay and then i went and did something else you know <laughs> i've always thought it would be one of those things that if i put the time into it i'd really get to like it yeah that's but probably I, what where i went wrong there I, I, I feel I feel the same way about Beefheart, Captain Beefheart. I'm like, yeah, I don't, yeah. exactly. I, I don't care. I don't care. Yeah. I don't care. I don't. I I don't have the, I don't have the 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 space for that right. I now. understand, yeah. dude. I'm going through that right now. I'm. I checked out um, Henry Miller's Tropic of Cancer. Okay. Oh yeah. And I'm kind of reading it, and I'm like, it's like, I don't know. <laughs> Like a precursor to Charles Bukowski. Bukowski obviously was uh, influenced by Henry Miller, I think, or whatever. But uh, I, I'm like, I'm like, I, yeah, I guess. I, I literally, I'm reading the prose, and I'm like, I don't care about this. Like, I don't have the time or the headspace to care about why he's writing this. Yeah. So I'm just kind of flipping through it, looking for the dirty bits, you know. Yeah. And then <laughs> I'm like, whatever. It, full disclosure that's how i feel about zappa I'm like i just kind of want to get to the stuff that's fun you know what i mean like yeah. i'll fully admit it I, I i know that you've tried to inundate me with frank zappa yeah. steve and i love you it's not for everybody it's not i don't think it is yeah. so i'm very curious though the because i have a similar deal between like the gangster rap years to really getting into the music that was that was for me and that it the grateful dead was later for me but the rock and roll stuff and the alternative music like what what so you were you were listening to a lot of what nwa ice t ice cube and then all of a sudden you saw grateful dead t-shirts and that led you down that path well the whole time you know i never got away from that i don't like to call it classic rock but you know that's what it is right you know i'd be doing my paper route and i'd finish the straight out of compton tape and take it out and put in you know, Jimi Hendrix experience or, yeah. you know, like it yeah. was, it was all in there. I wasn't focused on one of those things. Mm -hmm. Nice. So, yeah. So th did you start seeing shows right away? What did you, cause you've, you've seen the actual Grateful Dead. I have not. And Steve obviously has, but when did you start like uh, seeing shows? So 1995, I was a senior in high school. And April of that year, um, fall Grateful Dead fall tour was in the, you know, in the South. And so my buddy came up with this plan. We were going to go to Memphis. Spring tour. And see him for two nights. Yeah, spring tour. Yep. Right. Um, and so we... You were at those pyramid shows? Yeah. So he bought tickets huh. and we were all set. We'd had this plan. We're going to go. And then I got in trouble for something. I don't know. <laughs> I think both of us got in trouble. And so our parents weren't going to let us go. Yeah. And so that morning or the night before, I was like, okay, fine, we can't go. So the night before, I packed my bags, took them over to my buddy's house down the street. And then the next morning, got up, acted like I was going to school. And Zach came and picked me up and we drove to Memphis. Nice. Nice. I left a note on the back of my door about how I know I'm not supposed to be gone and you guys are going to be mad, but I think this is, this is really important for me and my development. And, you know, like a 17 year old would say, totally you were wrong. <laughs> 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 so yeah, we went down there and saw that, uh, came back and dealt with those consequences. And then, uh, 
I went on summer tour with a couple of friends that had been on tour the summer before. They took me with them. I was 17 years old. And when mm. I saw, so I saw nine shows out of all that. Mm. I'm, I, I'm, uh, one of my favorite and I will say probably top 10 shows actually is June 25th, 1995 from RFK stadium. And it's very obvious that Garcia is not in good shape, but he shows up. Bruce Hornsey's playing in piano mm -hmm. and that show is a motherfucker. Yeah. That second was... set, that second set digs in deep. Uh, by the time it rolls around to Warfrat, it's just heartbreaking. Mm. It is heartbreaking and beautiful mm. and awesome. Yeah. And uh, it's as a as a is it is it like the best musically thing? No, it's not. But the band sounds awesome, and Garcia's present, and he knows it's obvious that he's not okay. Mm -hmm. Right. But Bruce Hornsby's there, and so he's got to play. You know, because mm. Hornsby had called him out a couple times, you know, and frankly didn't need the shit. Right. <laughs> and, yeah. Uh, yeah. and uh it's just it's a so anyway, I'm what I'm saying is that I'm really envious that you got to see that and I didn't. Mm. <laughs> well, and you know, I was 17 years old and I didn't really know I didn't know enough to know how bad it was. Right. Yeah. But I also didn't know enough to know really what the good parts were. Like, yeah. You know, I you, you I were in it for other things. Well, I mean, I was in it for everything. And that's fair. Just, that's great. I was great, just yeah. learning all about it. You know? Sure. Mm. Yeah. And I was learning about a lot of things that summer. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> things they don't teach you in college. Well, or anywhere else, really. Right. Yeah. That show. I was, yeah, I was quoting the police there. Um, What'd you learn? Oh, good oh, Lord. You know, I mean, Woo. I, <laughs> things that we can't talk about there's things, oh. there's things happen there i wouldn't even put on a fourth step <laughs> <laughs> right oh that's juicy yeah <laughs> i saw i saw the dead at rfk stadium four times and each one of them i could write a novel about pretty much you know yeah. <laughs> uh, it's really something yeah so but, then you yeah. came home and I I have to imagine there was some uh, after being out on the road with those guys for a few weeks, coming back to Lincoln is like, fuck all this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I mean, because all in all, we were gone for a month. Yeah. Hung out at uh, this little town on Lake George in upstate New York for a week before tour started. Wow. You know, like this whole thing. But yeah, I came back and I was like, yeah. Dad's like, okay, time to get a job. And screw that. I, I just learned how to live on $4 a day. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Right. And right. my parents were like, well, okay, but you're not on Shakedown Street anymore. You know, you can't mm. do that. Nobody's oh, that's give like you the their... harshest words you could ever say. Nobody's well, going to give you their burnt grilled cheese for free. You know? Yeah. Like, yeah. real life. Not... And I didn't accept that. So I just, you know, yeah. bummed around and yeah. But, but I bumped, didn't get you, back you, into any shows after that because I never had any money, mm. you know, like you got to have a little bit of money and planning and foresight to take that. off and go on tour or, yeah. even, you know, or just to go to a show. Yeah, yeah. really. Mm -hmm. Well, and that's, I think that's something that differentiates, um, I'll say dead heads 
from people who love the Grateful Dead is the Deadheads go to shows. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you find a way, you know, mm-hmm. um, like actually, actually step foot through the threshold into the crucible. You know, that's all. That's kind of an important distinction. I yeah. have uh, a certain and I'll, I'll cop to it. I have a certain amount of disdain. I'll use the word disdain for people who go and hang out in the parking lot with no intention of going to the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Especially yeah. if they drove for hours to do it. You know, I can see that. I mean, I that my first show grateful that experience was that was going. I mean, we wanted to get in, but it was impossible. Yeah, um, I spent plenty of time doing that. Yeah, but yeah, if you can get in, that's, right? That's the point. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yep. And I that was it. Uh, my first uh, time going was I was acutely aware that whatever was going on in the Capitol Center was the reason for everything else happening. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, it wasn't this afterthought thing. It was like, I, the whole time I was there, I knew I was like, I got to get inside. Like, that's where the energy is. And Mm. it all just radiates out from there, you know? Yeah. And everybody around you has that same thought, that same energy going on. Yeah. You'd hope, you'd hope. Well, not everybody, but enough to make it like yeah yeah, yeah. but i think that was because i mean i definitely qualify as a touch head yeah. I, 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 I'll, I'll take a step back from that that wasn't my inter- my introduction to the dead in that scene was not uh, mtv it mm. was actually my company commander at military school which is kind of funny <laughs> um he gave me my first bootlegs in uh, 87 um 88 probably and yeah. they were a Greek theater show in 86 and Red Rocks in 82. And he literally handed me the cassettes and said, you're going to like these someday. <laughs> That's what he said. You're like, like and it was that third eye thing. You know, he's like, mm-hmm. it, was, it was like a moment. There was, a, you know, the, the, the orchestra swelled up behind it. You know, it was like handing the ring, you know, <laughs> like you're going to like these someday. Right. Exactly. <laughs> And so that's, you know, but I mean, I was definitely, I came into it when I think when there was a certain amount of resentment against people that were actual deadheads against the people that were there just to throw beer bottles and get wasted and act like total jack balls, Um, (laughs) you know, because for 20 plus years, it was this really nice, mellow little scene of lunacy. But, you know, ask anybody that worked concerts or anything overall. I just watched an interview with Jesse fucking Ventura talking about <laughs> ushering Grateful Dead concerts in the early 70s. Oh, he wow. Ushered a bunch of concerts, you know. Wow. That was like one of his jobs when he was a kid or whatever, um, young adult, because um, he's a big dude. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And he, he goes on for five minutes about how great it was comparing to all the other acts that he did, how great the Grateful Dead audience was. Yeah, because they're you know, I mean, yeah, there was some pot smoking and whatever in general uh, lunacy, but it was all good natured and completely mm. benign, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, and then when I was seeing them, it was literally watching uh, roided out security guards playing whack a hippie, you know, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's what it was, you know, just taking mm. pot shots at hippies jumping over fences. Yeah. The roided out security guards going, come on, you fucking hippies, come on, so they could literally hit them as hard as they could, you know. Uh-huh. Yeah, and that was and that was a very different dynamic, you know. Yeah, there was a very dark side to the whole thing for sure. Well, that was my 
because I went to the palace in June of 95 in Detroit or outside of Detroit. And now I like I was I came away from there very dismayed. I had my own problems then and it was kind of towards the end of my using. I was a sick pup. But even then, like I hadn't been for a couple of years um, since August of 93. So two years had passed. And I remember thinking, like, this is not OK. Um, it was like there was like the. I mean, there's always been a yin to the yang or yang to the yin. You know what I'm saying? That's real. And I was all cognizant of that. But this, I was like, there's not a lot positive happening here. Hmm. Yeah. You know, which was really, it was sad is what it was, you know. And my experience with it was, and I've talked about this before, was quite the opposite. The story was that people weren't, I mean, the people that I actually had direct human contact that went to see the shows in the early 90s, they were they were folks that I perceived to not give a shit about the music, wanted to wear the t-shirts and sell drugs. Right. I mean, it was like, uh, that doesn't sound like, I mean, cause I was really experiencing, you know, very serious alternative music and they were really, <laughs> they really cared about the music. I was like, well, this sounds like a fucking sideshow. I'm not interested in that. Right. Yeah. So, well, I mean, that's, that's the, is the, I think the, the grateful that is a full spectrum experience. Yeah. Right. It's 360 yeah. degrees, all the colors, alpha, omega, the whole deal. Mm-hmm. It's all wrapped in there. Whatever you're looking for, you're going to find. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and we were just talking last week about the. There's so many different perspectives and ways to come at the Grateful Dead. Mm-hmm. People come at it from from everywhere. So it's. Yeah. Everything from uh, Wall Street stockbroker type people, the dirt surfers to, you know, LSD casualty, Chris crystal worshipers to uh-huh. you know high-end yoga teachers to everything to steve mm-hmm. jobs to nfl players yeah right yeah, like right yeah. bill walton bill walton <laughs> yeah the world's tallest deadhead <laughs> he's the he's the most famous deadhead he's yeah, you know him. he he wins he's the best fan there is yeah kind of. I, yep. I, he I, really i regret not getting his autograph that day <laughs> when did you so see what happened bill walton? What happened when you came back to Lincoln? What did you do? You just kind of like, you just like, you know. I just, oh, I just became the best alcoholic I could be. <laughs> Congrats. Yeah. And I, su- I succeeded. You know, I had yeah. really succeeded at a lot in life, but that was, that was one. So it wasn't, it wasn't school for you. You went right to work. Is that right? Oh, I finished, I finished getting a uh, high school diploma in a roundabout way because I was supposed to be at summer school that summer. Well, um, you were, I mean, you were on tour, right? Well, exactly. <laughs> so I did that. And then I, I went to Southeast community college. I had this idea that I was going to be a chef, you know? So oh, I started in the chef uh, Jack. Yeah. So I started in the, uh, I didn't know that arts program mm-hmm. and that lasted two weeks. I'm pretty sure that's all it was. Nice. And I was like, this is, yeah, this is not for me. You mean the showing up to class and being showing accountable up, and yeah. And like doing homework and any of it. You know, like boring, even the, you know, like the uh, lab class that I was taking, the first thing they wanted me to do was stand there and stir a pot of gravy for half an hour. I was like, <laughs> no, no, I'm out of here. <laughs> no chef. You know, I yeah. number 1373, not stirring the gravy for a half hour. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Exactly. That's we'll bullshit. Just, yeah. We'll stir it a couple of times. It's good enough. <laughs> So what'd you do? I mean, did, was it odd jobs for a while or I mean, what, 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 
What yeah. was I yeah. worked at pretty much every restaurant in South Lincoln for three days. <laughs> nice. <laughs> you know, um, yeah. a lot of those jobs I didn't ever get a paycheck from because I was, like, uh, I don't even care. Right. You know? Right. Um, but yeah, I just bummed around mm-hmm. uh, and my parents let me keep living with them for some reason. You know, nice. so yeah. until I was, well, I mean, I was still, I was 19 when I finally moved out. So it's mm-hmm. not, not that long. Right. Um, right. You know, and then I moved to Beatrice. Nice. 40 minutes South of Lincoln. Cause mm-hmm. my best, one of my best friends got a job managing the Burger King down there mm-hmm. and he was by himself. And I went for a weekend and stayed and didn't have a job down there for almost a year but the liquor store would sell to me. So that was my job. Perfect. Hey, uh, how do you know when a deadhead's been at your house? How? They're still there. <laughs> exactly. That's what, that's what happened there. <laughs> and then shortly after that, when I was 20 years old, uh, my girlfriend, soon to be my first wife, got pregnant. And, so and that's where we pick I, up the story of Jack where, and Steve. That's where that comes in. Yeah, How did you guys move to Lincoln? I moved to Lincoln before that. Oh, uh, gotcha. Went to the Independence Center and, you know, back into oh, my yeah, parents yeah. because Beatrice didn't want me anymore. Weird. Such a, such, a, such a benefit to the community. Well, you know, I mean, of all the fine, upstanding people in Gage County... <laughs> I wasn't one of them, I guess. <laughs> right. That's all I'm going to say about that. I understand. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> so what was, what was early? Fi- I mean, so how old were you when you had your first kiddo? I was 21 when he was born. Whoa. Yeah. yeah can you imagine? And I cannot. And so, you know, like in my head, I'm like, okay, we're going to be, you know, regular old American family and, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. and like just trying to, make that work trying to shove a round peg into a square hole basically mm-hmm. you know and it didn't work out too well well I w- that's funny that you mentioned that because i was watching raising arizona this morning <laughs> and that, that see like where he's working the drill press you know and the guys uh, yeah. jabbering at him i'm like you know working's a lot like prison you know uh-huh <laughs> i really that's that's what you saying that makes me think of that yeah really gonna try and i can totally relate to that because i tried that like i literally tried came back from california and lincoln just really gung-ho to to do the thing you know yeah. and yeah. i just i just couldn't i just couldn't mm. you know well, uh, i went through a whole team. thing i went through a whole thing of like trying to be like the stereotypical blue collar worker you know i listened mm-hmm. to country music for a while and oh like, no like oh, i was wow. like trying you to really tried uh, like just because you know here's these guys that i work with and they're doing a thing so maybe i'll try to do that thing mm-hmm. right try to be those try to assimilate yes exactly yeah um, um man I'll, when i moved back to lincoln from california i was working at, at this grocery store and uh i mean i just come off of a f- basically five year you know run basically with the dead and and this fucking frat like cow town frat boy wanted to he was kind of asserting his dominance you know over the new guy he goes he looks at me like out of nowhere he's like country music's the best stuff out there and i kind of i was like what 
<laughs> like, what? Where the fuck is? And I, I just looked at him and said, "You've never really been out there, have you?" <laughs> <laughs> fuck you, you know. <laughs> and we didn't really get along too much. But funnily, funnily enough, one of his like coworkers at the time, they got along. Whatever. This guy named Jason. Hi, Jason. Um, if you're listening in Kansas City, who's he was a st- pretty stereotypical fat frat boy bro dude, you know. Um, but we ended up over the course of the next couple of years becoming pretty close just because we both like to drink a lot. Yeah, but he was into like Clapton. You know what I'm saying? Clapton. <laughs> that was yeah. the guy. White boy yeah. blues. Clapton. You know, that was his dude. You know, I'll never forget one night we were drinking and I put on a Europe 72 somehow slid into the rotation, you know, and Jason didn't know it. And I found him playing air guitar to Jerry Garcia. You know, nice. and I'm like, nice. Gotcha. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> and he had to then acquiesce that maybe, you know, that hippie shit was okay, you know. Right. <laughs> but that was like his, that dude is kind of on a tangent, but like that dude, he said, well, first of all, one day he came storming. He had graduated from this time. He had his degree in whatever business or something from UNL, you know, and he came storming back in the back room and he had a, piece of broccoli in his hands and he, had, and he like winged it across the room and he goes i don't have to put up with this i have a college education right and i'm like well yeah but dude you're still working here you know <laughs> you know what i'm saying but his stated goal and this always killed me was literally to become a government bureaucrat and to push paper for 20 years and then retire and to the best of my knowledge i think he's probably pretty close to that happening because he went to go work for the mint like nice. down in Kansas oh, yeah. City. Nice. Yeah. So, uh, Jason, if you're listening, my hat is off to you. You did it, man. Yeah. Congrats. Well, he, had a, he had a goal. Yeah. Uh, well, right. But I mean, that was like his thing. He's like, I've got my college degree. I want to be a government bureaucrat. I want to put in my 20 years and then retire. Hmm. Yeah. And so he's got to be real. In fact, he's probably past that now because that would have been like 94, 95. He's probably on the golf course today. He's probably on the golf. <laughs> God damn it, man. Yeah, man. <laughs> Could be worse. <laughs> So anyway, yeah, that's kind of a tangent, but that's kind of where I was at, you know, Yeah. around that time. Good God. But, yeah. I mean, all saying all of that, you know, um, it just reminds me that it's really been in the last few years that I've really started to figure out who I am. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And actually, and you know, a lot of who I am is who I thought I was 25 years ago. Hmm. but also it's not at all yeah uh, that is a f- well i have to imagine that you know a, a family early on has something to do with that obviously you mentioned alcoholism we all know how that stunts finding who we are because it sort of clouds everything but can you talk about that process of what that means be like oh and only in the last few years have i kind of found out who i am like what does that look like what how does that materialize um <laughs> I don't know. I think I think a lot of it is hanging around with people who who accept me, but also who I trust to accept me. Mm. You know, um, yep. my wife Anna Jane that we got married last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, you guys, uh, some you know, some of my other friends, some of my family members that I finally started letting in. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like trusting that people will accept me for whatever, then I stop trying to fit into their boxes and I start 
getting into my own box. Does that make <laughs> yeah. sense? Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. No, it's like just, the the peg, the hole to fit your peg, kind of appears. Yes. Be or you real box. you realize that whatever shape you are doesn't need to fit in any anything else. It's like sure. the comparison is the biggest thief of joy. Mm-hmm. And because uh, yes. because you've kind of. I mean, I've watched you in the last only, I've only known you for a few years, but I've watched you in the last few years sort of state some educational goals and some career goals. And, and, um, you know, mm-hmm. like what, what's that journey like to somebody who didn't want to do school for any more than a week is now like this, this like <laughs> dedicated student. Yeah. Well, I didn't want to do anything for any more than a week. So, <laughs> right. Yeah. No. Um, but yeah, no. What was that? Two years ago, 2018, that we mm-hmm. went to Boulder. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, no, that was 2019. 2019. Oh my yeah. god, that was the before times. I had to do the same thing recently because I was looking for the show and I was like, "Holy shit, that was 2019." So it was like 18 years ago. Right. Uh huh. Yeah. But so shortly after that, um, on my birthday, July 25th, I was I was working, I was driving the truck, and just thinking about, you know, how life's going all this stuff. And I'm like, I got to get out of this job. I don't, I've never had a job that I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and just this thought occurred to me, like, what do I want to do? Mm. And being a high school history teacher is like the only actual job that I've ever thought that I wanted to have. Mm. Um, but it's always been so far away because you have to go to college and that's unattainable for someone mm. like me and, mm-hmm. you know, all these things. And then I was like, maybe I could do that. You know, like how hard could it be? Mm. You know, and I called Steve and told him and he was like, yeah, call Southeast Community College, talk to this guy and ask him about this. And, you know, mm. less than a month later, I was in class. Funny how that works, huh? Yeah. It's weird how taking just even the smallest actions really alter the flow of your life. Or can. Yeah. Yep. yeah. And it's still going to be at least six years before I graduate with a teaching degree um, six years from now or six years from when you started probably six years from now okay because working full-time and the other things i have going on i don't have i don't have that much time but you know pretty much all my free time is dedicated to taking classes and doing homework mm-hmm. Does, but is that rewarding for you it is it's hard and sometimes i get tired of it but well i've been there man i've yeah. gotten you yeah. know i've got my bachelor's degree with two little kids at home working full time you know three, tough. three or four times a week you know i get a mm-hmm. notification on my phone and it's oh your thing has been graded look at that it's an a mm-hmm. so yay you know like mm-hmm. i get the i get rewards all the time from that well, and that's... also just um i just like sitting here at my desk and like working on stuff like that mm. like and continually knowing that i can do more and more than i thought i could why why high school history? Yeah, I was going to ask that too. I don't know. Uh those guys those high school history teachers were some of my favorite teachers. Hmm. Um and I always thought it'd be I liked hanging around with them. Yeah. You know, like going into class early and talking to them. They always So had, really what you're saying is you're a nerd. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, but I'm I'm trying to keep that I'm trying to keep that under cover. I know. Don't tell anybody. Well, I'll tell, uh, I got to tell you, because I asked Gianna, uh, my oldest daughter who just started high school, uh, they're like, there's a joke at their school that, that the, um, 
how, how to go. Like the history teachers were just, or they're like football coaches that had to teach something. <laughs> well, and that is a joke, but that's also true. And that's one of the big problems with, I think that's why our country's in the state it is right now. Because mm, legit. The only people that are teaching history and social studies are the football coaches that don't know anything about it, but they have to teach something. Yeah. They can't yeah. teach and, and math. don't care about it. And they don't know how to read. Mm. And they don't know anything about science. So they put throw them in history class. Mm. Yeah. I mean, not all the time. There's some great history teachers, but a lot of times that's what happens. Mm-hmm. So, so you had a history teacher. I'm assuming that was super influential. If you could, you 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 mentioned like those were the teachers I hung around with. But what 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 high school history teacher sort of really? Well, and it, more I, than high school, even it was um, like my junior high social studies teachers. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, I don't even remember their names. Sure. You know, like yeah, I did, yeah. I remember like Mr. Larson from mm. elementary school and he was the social studies guy in sixth grade mm-hmm. um but and i've just always loved history too you know like and social studies and that stuff um even like going out to western nebraska and doing like oregon trail stuff or going yeah to, going to B- buffalo bill cody's ranch and mm. and i've always loved civil war world war one world war two medieval stuff, Viking stuff. Like that's just what I gravitate to when I look mm-hmm. for books or TV shows or movies. And, Sounds like you're the guy. Well, and you know, and the more I learn about what's going on right now, um, I want to get in trouble teaching history class. Yeah. Oh, you will. You know, yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, we need somebody to help kids figure out what's going on in this country and in the world. Yeah. You're, and, you're, you know, you're one of those history teachers that's going to push for the people's history of the United States to be the textbook, right? Well, right. yeah, it's right here. <laughs> He's got it at his desk. <laughs> Howard's in. Very yeah. well, well done. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, I mean, all this arguing in school boards and stuff about critical race theory, and nobody has any idea what that actually is. No. You know, and, you know. We just got to, somebody's got to tell kids the truth. Or, or just teach them history through a lens that is honest. And that's like the, that's the thing that's so bothersome about that, that, that critical race theory, hot button thing is that a bunch of, a bunch of like right wing white supremacist strategists said, this is the thing we're going to say is bad so that it's the dog whistle for everybody that follows us like sycophants. When, if you were to really ask those folks about teaching actual history, they wouldn't have an issue with that, but then they're told to be scared of, you know, it's just Mm -hmm. like complete white supremacist dog whistling bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. We have to, (laughs) exactly. We need to ban this literature and we need to make a rule that these people can't learn to read and. Right. I mean, it goes way back to. Oh yeah. So I thought that like this was the land of the free with the with the literature banning is that but not well it's those evil public schools that's what it is well that's what the songs are about <laughs> sure yeah 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 marketing <laughs> slogan freedoms freedoms for the for the national anthem and the songs it's not for actual uh-huh. yeah t- right. education well, well the, the english classes that i'm taking i'm really seeing how you can teach someone to think for themselves you know by 
being critical of what you read and what to look for and stuff like that. So that's a big part of it too. Yeah. How to figure out stuff on your own. Take all this information Mm -hmm. and focus it. Well, that, and that's the fear. That's the, I mean, I'm not, I'm not disparaging sort of professional schools or trade schools at all, because I think there's a real benefit to that for our society and our culture. Absolutely. But the, the war on education or intellectualism is really scary because it's like they've equated the idea of liberal arts with something else, right? So- and it's socialism, socialism, which don't get me started. <laughs> it's, um, it's just yeah. capitalism without clowns. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, Ugh. Jack, we're kind of bumping up against our our hour. Plus, um, yeah. Joel, do you want to ask the questions? So, Jack, <laughs> now now it comes to the now it what? comes to the ra- the the question hour. You know the drill. Uh, okay, so we know. I, I'm going to throw you a bit of a curve. I we know you love the Grateful Dead, and we know that you and Steve can talk ad nauseum about the great Grateful Dead. Yes, yes. But aside from the Grateful Dead or the Jerry Garcia band. <laughs> ah, I see what, or Rat Dog. <laughs> what do you what are you listening to? Like what 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 would you what are you listening to that may surprise Steve and I? Well, there's this this pretty new band that I'm getting into lately. Uh-huh. Uh Dead and Company with Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> no. But okay. So for real. Um <laughs> Okay, well, over the last summer, I just we just got through uh, Space Boy Summer. Yeah, yeah. Space spring, Boy Summer. Last spring, I decided this is going to be Space Boy Summer, and <laughs> and so I started trying to find instrumental stuff without lyrics that's mm. just spacey and weird. Mm-hmm. I found this band called the Orsund Space Collective. Ooh, uh, they're from norway sweden right up around there and it's it's a collective it's there's nobody that's actually been in the band the whole time they just Mm. take players that's cool and it's it's live jam guitar driven space music nice um and it gets a little bit uh uh, electronic sometimes Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. different stuff like that but like that's my background music for when i'm sitting up here doing homework or Mm -hmm my meditation music sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, so that's pretty cool. Uh, there's a kid named Hayden Pedigo. This kid from Texas that plays a 12 string guitar mm-hmm. that I got into a few weeks ago. I heard him on NPR or something. Mm-hmm. And that's all just like instrumental is kind of yeah what I, what I go for these days. Um, stuff I can just jam out to. Yeah. Something you can let play, let take you away or, Stuff to help you focus on writing a paper. Yeah, I can either pay attention to it or not. Yeah, and from both those angles, it's got a, it's got its own thing for me. Yeah, yeah. Nice, cool. Uh, what are you, what are you reading? Um, what am I? Well, the four different books that I'm not going to finish probably. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> let's see. I, I'm listening to Native Son, Richard Wright, mm-hmm. which was one of my favorite books. I read it when I was a kid and I read it again, not, you know, somewhere in between, but I'm listening to it now. 
um, it's not as good on audiobook, hmm. you know, because yeah. it's not in my, it's not the way I would say it. Yeah. But yeah. it's, it's awesome. Um, I'm reading a book about the civil war, uh, gods and generals. Have you heard of killer angels? Yes. Okay. So that guy's son wrote this book, which is sort of a prequel to that book, but it's, I have, I, I have a friend who was writing a civil war era or modern and historical civil war novel who, who told me all about that interesting story about that particular book and the sun taking it over mm-hmm. and all of that. Yeah. That ethos. It's That's really cool. good. It's, it's sort of, I mean, it's fiction, but it's based on fact. Right. Right. You know? And so it's what these guys are saying to each other and stuff. Right. It's, it's really interesting. Cool. Um, and what else? I'm, I'm still trying to get through Don Quixote. Oh, I started that last spring sometime and you know, every <laughs> once in a while I'll get up, I'll read 10 pages and put it back down. Just but listen named, to man of La Mancha and be done yeah, with it. You'll be fine. But I named my dog after it. My dog is Sancho. Yes. Sancho Panza. Cause he's my, in my misguided delusional adventures, he's my faithful squire. <laughs> he and believes eat, and eater of couches, apparently and eater of it, couches. And Yeah. <laughs> that's why man's best friend is our best friend because they just believe all of our bullshit they don't care as long as we if we believe it they believe it right yeah as long as i have some treats and you know i know how to open the back door yeah. <laughs> you're the guy yeah mm-hmm. you're a god pretty much <laughs> pretty much <laughs> mm. well jack thanks for doing this man yeah no this was cool i was excited about doing it yeah, yeah you're well, welcome back anytime if you if you really do have to gr- air some grievances at any point Feel free to join us and air okay. those out. I'll start yeah. really making a list and for episode one oh one oh two. Yeah, there okay. you go. Jack Jack back comes here. back to nitpick. <laughs> <laughs> Every fifty episodes or so we'll get together. Yeah, sure that works. Check in. Jack's got a bone to pick with you people. Right. Uh, yeah. I got a problem with you people. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> Wouldn't have I'm always excited way. about hanging out with you guys, whether it's yeah. on the computer or in real life. So yeah. same here, man. Cool. Love you, Jack. Yeah. Thanks for coming on, dude. Yeah. Appreciate Happy it. Halloween. Happy oh, Halloween. Oh, yeah. Spooky. All Spooky season. <laughs> All right. Later.